Flourishing Education, the podcast where I share the powerful, imperfectly perfect conversations with disruptors of the education system in the UK and beyond. I would really like to encourage you to take a listen and see what's possible as I ask the question, how can we change the way we educate and parent our children and young people so that they can truly become flourishing, curious, lifelong learners and young adults. I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I've enjoyed recording them and creating them. Please do not hesitate to connect with me on LinkedIn, Fabian Vales, and or, and or on Twitter at FlourishingHG. And please let me know what's your favourite episode or favourite part of the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and in the meantime I truly hope you are thriving and flourishing. Wishing you a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. Hello and welcome to another powerful imperfectly perfect conversation for the Flourishing Education podcast. Today listeners I'm beyond excited and joyful and happy to bring to you Oza Drummond. So very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm so super I'm excited very much for talking to you. Yes, same here. So listeners, um, the reason I'm excited is this is not the first conversation I'm having with Rosa. So um, really wanted to bring her work, uh, you know, in the conversation. We'll we'll explore that in a little bit. But to get us started, then the question that I ask all of my guests, Rosa, which is, could you tell us a bit more about you? So where you are in the world and your journey thus far, perhaps if we start with that? Yes, I am in Brazil and I started my journey as a lawyer in Brazil. I studied law and actually uh, after working for more than over 10 years, I realized that my mission, my passion, everything was um, upside down in my life. I wanted to be some someone else. I was not my authentic person. So uh, I started this transition to be who I am today. And I started giving English classes at the beginning for adults, but I wanted to be a teacher for children and I was invited to teach at this bilingual school near nearby my my city too um, it was really near the the condominiums for the you know, the richest or the wealthiest uh, people around my my city and I, I had this experience that I was teaching to children from three years old to 14 years old arts and English and I realized that I did not want to happen with many children what could happen with my own children in the future that was the the lack of interest along the way 
And I realized that it was happening not only with the students I was in touch with, but with students around the world. And that's why, that's when I started, you know, I, I had to open my eyes to new ways of teaching. And at that time, I, I was studying and researching social emotional, how to, to master social emotional um, skills. And as a teacher, I got in touch with you know, neuroscience applied to education at that time. You know, the, the, the way we, we need to re-educate ourselves to educate children. And also, I started connecting my students with the students from other countries. And so this, this is a little bit the beginning of my journey. I became passionate about education. No way to, you know, to go back and be alive again. I said, wow, that was, and I realized that perhaps I could turn that experience of becoming someone else, that it was not me, um, to, to help other children to, not, to, to find out who they were in life, their authentic persona, their, their authentic um, human being. And I started researching, you know, I, I became what I call that is a, an independent researcher in education because I was not connected with the university to, to study about classical education, about or the systems where where this all began, you know, the Prussian education and before it. So I started researching by myself um, when it all started and what could I do as a teacher with my own students to have something different from what I received and what was just given to me like I, as a instructor. I realized that most teachers are not really independent or they cannot be so creative because they have that obligation to give this. And, but fortunately at that time, my principal said, be creative, um, create your own project with, with your students. And I could do this. So um, I was given many tasks along years. So I was also a social studies teacher and I had to, to teach colonization of America. And my kids, my students were at school, like they began, they used to, to begin at 7.40 and they were there until 5, 5.15. So they were really tired. They were like sixth graders and they had lunch at school. Then they had the, the American curriculum. And my class was after lunch, if not after snack, like right after the snack, not lunch. So it was about 3, 3.30 p.m. So they, were, they, they did not want to have any classes at that time. And I was like, wow, how can I? I was so, I, I, I have no words to describe how I was willing to teach them and they were not interested. 
So as the subject was colonization of America, I just got in touch with an indigenous leader that I was in touch, uh, that I had connected many years before. And he was there and he said, yes, I can talk to your student, to your students and we can have a conversation. Is it, they can interview you? Yes, they can interview me. So that's how it all started. So we had that, you know, and, and we invited all the other um, graders, like that, the, the bilingual um, students, to witness or, or to, to watch our interview to this indigenous leader. The, his name is Tom Goldtooth. It was really remarkable because then we watched many videos. You know, he, had, he has talks on the United Nations and he, he became famous at that time. I didn't know he was uh, so preeminent. And I realized that beyond the subject, they were interested in the food, that, the kind of dessert he used to have when he was a kid and many other questions that at the end, they were interested. At the end, they knew about colonization of America from different perspectives and also about their own interests. And I realized that their, their interests, that was the drive that took them to that state of attention, focus, and you know that they say in neuroscience the the real the ideal environment of learning safety and trust so and then he said wow why why are we not doing this why am i teaching only through books can we have a reference a human reference for for this that we are talking about and how I'm going to do this. So that's when I started in 2016, connecting teachers and schools from different countries. And I had sessions uh, with Anastasia Magonax in Greece. I had uh, sessions with uh, uh, Kelvin Sekiwila in Zambia. And then um, another school, like a Jewish school, we connected with a Brazilian Jewish school with a Jewish school in Israel. And that's when the director of Fundação Lanantipov, it belongs to the funded state, funded state school, because in Brazil we say a lot public school, but it's like funded state school, connected with me and said, hey, can we... Uh, implement your project this work in our school because we finance some students to go abroad and they leave you know they like the, the next selected students are going to Italy Argentina um, South Africa they finance these trips but they have 3,000 school 3,000 students and only 10 can go so when he, you know, he heard about my experience, he said, wow, wow, uh, we can provide 
an intercultural experience to greater number of students. So we implemented this and the school connected was Acharya Shri Vijay Vallabh School in India. And so it was so successful, I, I need to say this because not, not because, because it was my project, but because of the students, because of what they realized at the end, because of what they have accomplished and their understanding of the world. So yesterday, uh, not yesterday, on Sunday, it was Mother's Day, and I received the messages from uh, a student from this exchange because she said, hey, you changed my life. I, I'll never forget you. And, and she was a virtual uh, student. I never met her in person. But I know that it made the difference in her life and in other students. And this is, this is what makes me proud of, um, making the difference in my students' lives and my children's lives, what I will um, bring to them is much more than teaching English, but you know, English is the vehicle for something that they wanna learn in the world. Why are we not doing this? Um, that's that's my question. <laughs> yes, indeed, and and my question too, right? Why are we not? Then <laughs> the reason I created the podcast. So amazing. Um, so before we explore the specifics of of the programs and what you do, um, and and it resonates on a professional level for me as well as a personal level because obviously I teach languages and uh, you know French and Spanish and I've taught English as as a foreign language too um, and I'm really passionate about culture and like cultural agility so with my research I know that um, young people who are culturally agile tend to be much more flourishing than others we can explore that it may be or maybe not but you know that really shows in 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 the data but before that i want to touch very you know first with with what you've alluded to and that has been my own personal journey and experience which is perhaps the need for first the adults the in in the life of young people to do the what I call de-schooling and schooling so you know you you spoke about your journey you know you used to be a lawyer so lawyer you know it's like the ultimate or one of the ultimate like sign of success right if you're a lawyer it's one of those jobs like doctor that we all aim to get to because then you get the money and it's that idea of success that we have in our society, right? And in a way, I would argue the reason we funnel our kids through this system, right? The In England, GCSEs, A-levels, university, holy grail. So you then get to job of doctor or lawyer, right? Those prominent jobs. Um. And obviously you decided that wasn't you, that wasn't who you are and what you want to do. I did a similar thing where when I decided to leave my job in academia at the university, you know, two years ago, uh, or well, officially last year, but two years ago when I took my unpaid career break. 
And so I'd love us to, sorry for that long sort of uh, preamble to my question, but it's sort of prefacing my question, which is how important do you feel that as adults, we, we've been overschooled ourselves, right? And we don't always realize that. So how important is it for us to de-school, unschool ourselves? before we can do the work with the young people? Wow. <clears throat> it's crucial. <clears throat> um, I would not be in that position if I had not found myself. I think, first of all, um, finding finding who you are is really the most important. And this is exactly the only subject we don't have at school. Like, uh, um, you know, the elements of your character or what can build your character at school. And, and I believe that, um, you know, one of my researches was when it always started, like from from what they were, how education was in the ancient world and then in the Middle Ages and Renaissance and this, how it was, like the, the number of genius minds um, in a certain period of history compared to what we have today, like 7 billion people. Um, you know, if we compare numbers, What's happening in education? You know, I had a, a, a meeting and they were like, where did you find these numbers? They, they were asking me and then I found these numbers on the United Nations. Uh, you know, they have th that map with numbers. But if we research like uh, um, the number of people that are in school today and the number of people that are illiterate and the number, you will find um, scary numbers. You will feel like what, what's happening? We 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 were not we were never so schooled and never so dumb, so stupid. So uh, and and another day, someone said to me, and it's so true, when something is not going, you know, something is going wrong. In science, if you have a plane, it's not working, you will fix it. If you were building, you know, huge building, and if there is something wrong there, you will fix it. You will destroy everything. Why can't we not do this with education? And this is explained because this is the, like the social the social engineering engineering is that uh, we are too attached to authorities and we are too afraid to face it and to say to the principal, I'm not gonna teach this because it doesn't make sense because my kids are not learning anything. They will forget it a year later. They will never remember this. And and, and so you're rolling this thing that 
when it's going to end, I don't know. But I, I believe that the solution or it's going to be fixed by us, by Fabiani, by Rosa, by someone in Africa and this and that. And we are going to, um, to form our net. And, and I think that it lacks, I believe also that um, we need to, I believe in God, but maybe, maybe people will not believe in, in him, but we need to have some kind of foundation, you know, a common ground for everyone with human values and start from this. And as you, you were telling me that, you know, how important it is to be unschooled and actually is finding, you know, someone said to me, my American mother, the one who received me when I lived in the United States and I was uh, a bit worried when my kids started studying. And she said to me, they will learn despite school. And I loved this. Um, and I also wanted to share something that just passed by my mind when I was talking about school to this indigenous community in Amazon, because I also think that it would be very interesting to connect people from, you know, this remote villages in Amazon. And I was asking what was their dream school um, model, what they would say about it. And they are very, they don't talk much. They say like, yes, no, it would be cool or this and that. But someone in this village said, um, the dream school would be a place where we would learn how to be as a family, just this. And I thought it was, how can we learn, but you know, in, the, in a global scale, how to be as a family? Beautiful. And, and I think it's such a beautiful segue to what you shared with me. So you shared with me a definition of culture that was written by uh, Yoma. Yoma. Yeah. So would you would you share it with with us? I'll obviously put it in the show notes so that we can we can so people can can uh, can have access to the video you shared with me and then the you know the the definition but can we start start with that because I think I wanna one thing I really would love us to discuss is this notion of culture and you you talked about the difference between I guess you know the 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 ancient wisdom that is very different from you know I come from a western society in fact from two societies because I, I I grew up in France I'm originally from France and then I moved to the UK I lived a bit in Spain as well so you know very European westernized societies I often joke and go you know I come from the country of Descartes um so my unschooling and deschooling has been really it's a tenuous thing right that the, the head is the master um piece um it's been you know it's a slow process for sure or maybe i'm just a a, a slow learner i don't know i haven't quite decided yet <laughs> no, but, but it's here it's like that here as well but 
please. I, I, yeah, so, so, you know, that, so I would love us first to start with that definition of culture and then maybe see where, where the conversation wants to go in terms of that, you know, the difference between that Western, Westernized approach and culture versus maybe the more indigenous wisdom you know, mm-hmm. and the approach, because obviously you were saying in on in those communities, what they're talking about is being a, you know, being a community, being together, right? Which is very different from, I mean, certainly what I I grew up in France. So I think the what I loved about there was was very much the markets. You know, I grew up in the seventies and the eighties, so markets you would go and buy things from the local. Uh, butcher and you would know your butcher and you would know your um you know the fruit and veg sort of person and the the fishmongers so I think I probably grew up with a bit more of that and when I moved to the UK which is more individualistic as a nation I felt that in my core but I couldn't express it because I didn't realize that's what was unfolding so sorry, I, I apologize. I've given you a lot already, but shall we start with that definition then and then see where where, where it takes us? Um, I think it's worth reading his definition um, because it's really um, aligned with the what I have heard heard from the indigenous guy. Do you have it written there? Yeah, I have. Do you want me to read it? Or do yeah, you... please. Yeah. So what you sent me is, um, so Yoyoma said, culture, the way we express ourselves and understand each other can bind us together as one world. Yes, yes. The way we understand ourselves and... So the way we... We understand ourselves and the way we express ourselves and understand each other, and each other yes can bind us together as one world yes i think because he used these verbs express and understand and and then the other verb bind us together so i think it was perfect because um i like the story about adam and eve you know, in the in the garden and the true trees. And I think it's perfect for education because one tree uh, gives us, you know, the good and, and the hell or whatever we call that is bad. And the other tree is the life tree. And we all want to be in the life tree, but how to nurture that seed? Because we need to to shift from one one seed to the other. And what what can make this shift happen is culture. Because there is a way that we are nurturing, we we are growing a seed that is the only, there is one seed. And how can we turn this mindset to express and understand ourselves in that culture, um, I think that's the that's the point. That's the point. The, uh, so it's not all cultures. 
it's not, first of all, he is talking about one kind of culture. This is not all cultures. If it was, we were maybe today in a perfect world because we would have the culture that we are expressing ourselves, understand each other, and bind us as one culture. So um, first, express ourselves as you know, the, the authentic human being. Find it out. And then understand each other. So this is so hard and at the same time so simple if we do it um, in the earliest years of our lives. Because um, I, I, I love the Jewish school where my kids used to, to study in the other city I used to live. But I and I they never said something bad about Muslims or they never said it and and they are very friendly and this and that. But I researched a lot about you know the conflicts between Jewish and Muslims by my own interests. And and I talked to Muslims to understand it and to see how it happened. And they they learn, they learn how to, not my Jewish community, not the, the Jewish community that, that, I, that I was in touch, but a lot of them, they learned how to be enemies since the earliest ages. They don't learn how to express themselves and how to understand each other. So first of all, how can we create this culture together? Are we going to learn by, you know, we are going to, to, to wait, sorry, uh, for a law to say we need to express and then are we going to wait for this happen? And if it happens, are we going to respect and, okay, we are going now by law, are we robots too? So this is the first thing about this. And uh, um, I believe that free will and I believe in free will. I believe that uh, someone's gonna say yes, it needs to be fixed, you know, principles and parents, and they will, hey, we need to do something about it and let's start something. Let's start something different from what we have uh, seen. And the other question, the, the other part of your question, I don't know if you have any comments about this part. If you have, please feel free. So, so what you said for me resonates so deeply with my research again. So I'll bring it to, to my own research. So the <clears throat> I believe the key is so so the link to that to that definition, culture is the way to express ourselves. So in I use the, the analogy of the garden called life and the fact that we are all ecosystems. So it's vital that each one of us know who we are in this garden called life. Because, so that's expressing yourself, right? So if you ask me, I would say in my professional and personal life, I show up as two different ecosystems. So as a, in my professional life, I'm a, I'm a fungus. I'm, you know, I love 
fungi I like connecting with others that's how I show up as a mother and and a friend I'm much more like a lily you know so I come from mud that's how I've I've emerged and and this is how I I feel I am as a human being in this garden called life so because I know clearly who I am is then easier to express that because you're rooted and grounded in the okay this is me right so you less you're anchored and you're rooted and you you're not shoved if things happen like you you know who you are and so therefore then you're more you're more curious as to oh so Hosa, you know who is she in this garden called life and actually I'm quite curious to understand this ecosystem in front of me and how not only do we enhance each other's beauty natural beauty gift and fragrance like nature does in in this garden called life right but also how together we have a bigger impact because both our fragrances will make uh, a nicer, bigger fragrance and have a bigger impact than each of us in isolation, I guess. And, and so this is why this, this definition works really well for me, because it's like, well, yeah, I express myself as a unique ecosystem, but actually it's really important that I understand you. So together we form a bigger one garden right and we enhance each other's fragrance so I guess that would be my contribution to your definition wow wow perfect perfect I loved it I loved it and then we need to talk more about it and <laughs> because it's really what will we do together this is really interesting and um yeah uh so going Going through the other part of, of your question, that's the Western um, model of education or mm -hmm. perspective and the indigenous perspective. Um, you know, Tom Goldtooth, when we had, the, we had the ceremony for delivering certificates of the virtual exchange with Tom Goldtooth was there and students from Brazil, students from India and, you know, principals. And they, and we were talking about how the, the virtual exchange was and Tom Goldtooth came with the drums and he was like, and it's, it was so powerful. And he was explaining how it happens when at school, the indigenous school in the United States, um, that is, you know, um, playing the drums and it was really I would I wish I had something to playing the drums and uh, and saying hey this is the heart we need to we, our hearts together it, it, and it's so aligned with neuroscience applied to education that I had this course years ago that we immediately we had another level of energy or, or, you know, a state of mind with that start. And he was talking in the same line of the indigenous guy in Brazil. We need to, to see. And he was also connecting with the environment and, and nature that we need to envision a life in harmony with our brothers and sisters. And he was saying, hey, we are here as a family. 
And when he said that, you know, with Indians and Brazilians and parents, he said that brothers and sisters, and it sounded so true uh, from his heart. It's completely different from the education I had. When you said like I had a French education and Descartes and this, this is how I was educated. And at the end of like 12 years following instructions and, you know, accomplishing assignments and this and that and doing tests, weekly, weekly tests for all my entire life in Brazil, we start with our tests since the first grade. We had, we already have tests and this and that. So at the end, when they say now, what you wanna be? You don't know anymore who you are or exactly what's your natural talent. You lost touch with yourself. And, uh, and you don't have any connection with this, what I will do for good of the world. You wanna survive. You, you have this fear inside yourself here that if you don't do something to make a living, you will starve to death and you will be left there. And independently, if you have a family that could help you or whatever, uh, that's the feeling you, it's left with you. And it's not, um, and, and from my perspective, of course, it's by design. It's by design. Um, and I, you know, uh, I, I received this book about cultures. It's not here. Let me see. Anyway, it's not a book. It's a book with the, the history of the entire world. It's a notebook, but it was uh, taught in a bilingual school for kids um, of diplomats because my cousin married with a diplomat. And, and she sent me these books that her kids were taught there in English. And it has, it's better than the books, the Brazilian books that teach history, much better. But I was reading it to see, examining the subjects and this and that. And after all, my questions were, why can't we teach about Egypt, a bit about uh, the stories, the mythology, just one story about it, just one story. Why do we have a guy with the, that uh, long beak and what does it mean? Because it's about discernment. It's about, it's, and it's such a beautiful story. Another day I, I was um, sharing what I, I heard with my sister, with my daughter, and she said, this is such a beautiful story. And why the selection of, of, of the contents in the history books and even in the languages? I, I was going to talk about this. One of the documents I researched was when they decided in the United States they were going to offer public and free education for everyone. So the first document, and I have it here, I forgot the name right now, but I have it here. And it was written in this document. They have, uh, so they were going to start to, to study Greek and Latin 
and many languages, but they uh, excluded astronomy. So in geography, students were supposed to study astronomy and all and many things about the cosmos and it was all excluded and there is a reason for this and in history so in this document there are complaints from teachers why are we doing this but at that time if we see that curriculum it was so much richer than what we have today and my parents, they studied Greek and they studied Latin and they studied French. And it was the, the education like some years ago in Brazil, public education in Brazil, some years ago, um, people were able to, tr to thrive. What is happening is really a decline in the quality of education, the content that is given, everything is easier much easier and much superficial. So if we want it to be different, we also need to review the kind of content that we have with our children. Like I, I, I teach history to my daughter through books and histories and, and literature because it's really poor. They will not know anything about, they will, they will know just the the exact amount to be a robot to to follow instructions to accept whatever uh, you know it is designed for them to accept um what you said reminded me of what daniel christian val shared with me on on the podcast around um the need to be a weaver and so what I heard you do is like being, do you know what I mean by weaving, like connecting, weaving the, the things and what you were describing, you know, I, I do think that education, I mean, if, if you talked about colonizing, right? The truth is the colonizers are the Europeans. So the Spaniards, the, 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 the Dutch, the French, the British all came to countries like you know North America you know Africa you know South South America you know and Central America and we took our you know the 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 I can't remember the the name of the lady but she's got an amazing um the, in uh, Brazil he, um I think she's in she's in the states but she's uh, I think I want to say Carol Carol Blackman is is that her name? I can't remember. But I'll have to put it in the the show notes. But this idea that we also, when we we Europeans came to colonize, we also took our education system and we said, "This is what you need, right?" This idea of this is what you want to to do, and so that decolonizing is required that for me like decolonizing is de-schooling unschooling right it's the challenging the way we think and and the way we explore and what I love about teaching languages you know where when people start exploring learning a language so obviously I we we are both speaking English right now that's the medium of communication but yet our 
our mother tongues are, you know, obviously Portuguese for you or, you know, Brazilian. Portuguese, Portuguese, yeah. Yeah, and French for, for, for me, right? So we're using English as a medium because that's what that's what enables us to have this communication. But the to truly understand the language, you need to go deeper than the cultural iceberg, right? It's not just surface level. And I wonder how important it is as part of the work you're doing for people to go beyond the surface of, you know, when you look at learning a language or exploring a culture, initially you look at the at the food and and the festivals and you know the traditions and and yeah those things. But to me, it requires going deeper, much, much deeper than the iceberg. And having both cultures now enmeshed so much you know I've become British so I'm Franco-British in terms of nationalities so are my children and I I watch them particularly growing with both cultures and how they've they've fully embodied it's about that embodiment right it's still going back to my favorite saying you know everything is a rumor until it's in the muscles which is what they say in Papua New Guinea and the I see my, my like the other day I laughed because my youngest was sort of going, I asked him a question and he just went, I don't know, like that, and shrugged <laughs> his shoulders. And I was like, oh my God, so there's like the expression in English and the Gaelic shrug that came through. Um, it was so beautiful, right? This sort of mm-hmm. enmeshment and, and like expressing of, of that multi-culture. So... How important is it to explore, like, you know, in your exchanges between uh, those communities in India and those communities in Brazil, uh, both in indigenous, but also, you know, in, in public state schools and in India, how deep do you go in that cultural iceberg and the connection? And is that what enables us to connect that to move beyond the intellectual understanding, the cognitive understanding to what I would call a real heart connection, that the drum, like the beating of those drums is, is reflective, right? And then into a lived, like it's lived, breathed as a human being, it's truly embodied. Wow, wonderful question, wonderful question how deep you go. Um, first of all, I don't go. I, I don't plan, you know, um, going. My, uh, what I encourage is students to find their, um, their true character, their true selves. That's what, that's how I work. And I think this is, the um, what makes my project different from other kinds of virtual exchanges that I have watched on the internet. Because before, before designing my own project, I have uh, seen as a teacher and I have participated that they've taken part in other virtual exchanges. And there is no difference, you know, a virtual exchange than a class 
if if I invite you and your uh, students and I invite my students and then I give you a class, that there is no difference. There is no virtual exchange or, or something different. So I, uh, what I was really offering was the essence of how I found myself. There was uh, allowing free choices since the earliest years at school. Like you will have a moment and you have a safe environment and you have my, uh, my friendship and you know, my presence to support you in your free will and your free choice. I trust you will have, you will take a good choice. And if you make a mistake, I will be here to support you. So um, that's, that's my plan. That's my plan. That's the difference. So I started the virtual exchange with uh, an image, with a, like a, you know, a Canva presentation with this question, what most inspires you? And I got the five senses, you know, the... Um, what, what you see, what you hear, what, uh, what you do with your hands, what you smell, what, you know, I put pictures of like gardens and people painting and reading and nature, you know, all the senses. And I talked about it. And it was just the beginning, like the first day. And from, from this very beginning, what happened was that students um, they already started at that time saying, suggesting things. I would like to present myself dancing. I would like to present myself uh, cooking. I'd like to present myself with a theater. Uh, and that's what happened. And, and, and I have it recorded on, on YouTube. I have some tracks of, of their performances or their presentations. And then I also had during the virtual exchanges, those Google forms that were like, it's not a test, but it was, you know, all questions about who they were, what they want to do, what uh, were their, their interests in life. And along the, the sessions, we had a selection of the most, commented or suggested themes you know from from the students and so we we had conversations about the collective decision or, or okay we are going to talk about this subject because of course we cannot talk about all the subjects that everyone is interested in like 40 people or 30 people it's impossible but we are going to elect and we are also going to have uh, individual or authorial projects that you are going to develop your own theme. And the responsibility that comes with that is not something so light. It's difficult, especially for Brazilian students. It was not something easy for them. And I was very surprised because their level, their English level was really low. But what happened was that they were, for the first time, allowed to 
to not maybe for the first time, but um, many of them mentioned th this, and, and I and I really put this in other video on YouTube. A Brazilian student say, in Brazil, we only learn how to memorize things, do tests. We don't know anything about ourselves. We don't have anything. And and this student, he was. He did, you know, made a research about the a very common, not the most famous finger food of his region, and the the finger food was made of cheese. So his video cast and podcast had the research of the origins of cheese, and he started talking about it, like from the beginning, <laughs> to talk about the finger food that was made with cheese. It started with Arabs and this and that. So um, for me, that's how deep it was. Um, the depth of each individual, individual with their own interests. And I don't judge if someone was uh, not doing so, not going so deep, you know, in their questions. But another student, for example, from this virtual exchange, uh, she she gave up like at, at, in the middle. She just left the, the group and I called her and I said, is everything OK? You don't want to be there. And she said, I'm too shy for this. I'm not I'm not, you know, she was not confident. Uh, I, I don't think I will accomplish anything doing this and we had the conversation and she ended up no I want to go and she went there and what happened was that this student after the exchange was so excited with the you know knowing a new culture and this and that that um, she applied as a volunteer to the AFS uh, she was selected for an international program and she was the only one at the begin, at the end, that she went to India after the exchange, the virtual exchange with India. She went to India. She spent a month there, and she changed her life. She said, "Wow, I, I this is because of your virtual exchange and this and that." And she did not give up. So it is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy, but it's supposed to be about you. And, and once every student understand it, um, he will find you know, the strength, the courage to, to go. That's, that's how I believe it's, it is. And it fits in really well with how I do the podcast and how I do like my self-directed learning with the group of learners on a Monday. So this idea that, trusting that if we hold the space right people will get what they need to get at the at the given moment and meeting the individual where they each one of of them is because uh, I think that's so important right it's not taking ownership of the of the learning and trusting that we are all lifelong learners right lifelong life deep life wide learners and that's where we are on our journey is different and that we will need different things for 
for the unfolding of the next steps, right? So we don't know what each person will be doing with that particular piece of information you may share or, or you know, and that's, that's the one thing, the first thing. And then the second thing was my two favorites. So you talked about neuroscience. My two favorite uh, uh, academics are Dr. Eagleman and Dr. Siegel who both talk about, uh, so Dr. Eagleman says we are all uh, live-wired, so we are changed through our conversations and our interactions. So as a result of this beautiful conversation, we both will be different human beings, right? Um, yeah. And and so will the listeners if they take time to, to listen. Um, and then, so that also lead, leads to Siegel's work on interconnected and the me, mui, like the me plus we equals mui. Um, and what he, you know, that to me links very well to the concept of Ubuntu, you know, Ubuntu, I am because you are. Um, so that Beautiful. when you were talking, it's like the, that's what came up for me. It's this we don't need to do anything in effect. And, you know, the doing thing or that concept of let's do something, it's because it's we conditioned to think that we have to do. And I wonder how, how much of the holding the space you do rather than actually doing or efforting and struggling. Um, how how do I hold the space? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, is is that what you do? Is that what you you when you said you know I don't do anything? Is that what you do? You just hold the space, or, or would you oh, do something okay. differently? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, of course. There is a framework for this to happen, the, and the framework is um, offering the video conference and to. Of course, the teachers that are in touch, they are prepared previously to what is coming. So about the questions of the students and about the, as we know that we need adults re-educated or de-schooled or something. So this is really important to understand who is going to lead the other edge of the virtual exchange on the other side. And they will understand the sessions as an opportunity for the students to find themselves or to you know, let them, if, if for example, we are going to talk about a certain uh, object, a certain content, not object. Uh, let them, let them choose. Let them make questions. Let them, and and the framework. Of course, we have dynamics, and I elaborate some games. But for I don't know how many sessions they suggested other things, and I accepted. So, for example. I had designed this game that they would play like, okay, questions. And they they had the game and, and they interacted and it was fun. And, but 
at certain point of talking about, because the, the selected point was education. Many Brazilians were, for example, with this experience with India. Our students were talking after the exchange, how the Indians could hold their straight position for 50 minutes, for one hour, because they were really straight. And we were like, you know, and um, it must help them. They, they are, it, it is a, a lot of discipline. How does it happen? We want to know more about this education. And from the other side, they were very interested because they thought that Brazilians were very spontaneous and they were very talkative and they were uh, asking a lot of questions, things that their students were not doing. So both of them were curious. And at the end of these games, and I had that framework, they said, we want to interview people. And they asked questions and this and that. And that was very interesting. So that's when I interviewed Sam Godard from the UK, the Game View Sustainable. And I found him. I said, can you be interviewed by my students? Because they want to know about something different and this and that. And, and then they said, we want to interview him more. One, just one session. And then they started, we want to interview the, the, and that's how it happened. And the framework is adaptable to, to the, the group of students and what they want to do. Um, and also, for example, the projects that I offer, like podcasts or solving the world's problems. Uh, that's the same idea of exploring your natural uh, senses or, or your natural inclinations, talents, interests through a vehicle. So if it's the project is the podcast, what's your main interest? Or what do you want to talk about? Some students were talking about food, some students about, you know, in Brazil, about Jesus, about books. In India, about the most interesting places in India. And um, some students in India, they want to just draw, draw or dance. And they were performing dances. And that was their way of expression. And it was accepted, of course. And it was beautiful. So, um, but it's one project. What if we were talking about solving the world's problems? I would say, talk about the, the social dimension, because, you know, Ignacy Sachs, I don't know if you know this author, that, that he talks about the five, not only three, but the five types of sustainability. And one of the, the so important is the social one. But anyway, if we're talking about solving the world's problems, I would, I would show different kinds of problems then what's the local problem you could you could talk could solve around you maybe it's a relationship maybe it's uh, something with your garbage in front of you maybe it's something with the mayor or maybe it's something but uh who knows so um that's that's the framework there, there is a framework and there is a framework for the projects and there is a framework for only the adults 
if they want to uh, lead virtual exchanges on their way with different schools or so that they will not be connected only with the network the network that I am that I have in my list of schools they can connect with you know freely with their schools amazing and so I wonder whether you would tell us because I'm conscious of of the time and and you know I, although I could speak to you for hours I'm just very conscious that Thank we, you. we make the most of the time we have together so maybe as we start wrapping up um how can people if people have really enjoyed what you shared you know your work uh how do they reach out to you if they're teachers and educators how do they find out about the that framework for themselves and for their uh for their young people so would you share a little bit of that okay so right now i would say get in touch with me on linkedin or on whatsapp i will be pleased to answer and to get in touch and to let let's plan uh, a virtual exchange among our schools maybe with in brazil and i also see the possibility of you know connecting just maybe your school with a school from another country doesn't need to be exactly uh with brazil so and, and let's elaborate because it can be a tailored project according to the needs of that school. Uh, maybe there is a certain value or a certain objective that is different from the menu of projects that I have. Um, this is one thing. And the other thing is what you would just like how people how people get get in touch with you and and work with you, I guess. Wow, I would love to. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about my my work and this virtual exchange project. And I am wondering if we can develop something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. Let, yeah, we, yeah, we can definitely have a conversation <laughs> outside of this for sure. It's <laughs> possible like the, the hub in Bristol. Yes, definitely. Um, and so my final question to you then is um, out of this conversation that we've just had is there anything in particular that you're taking away or you would like people to take away in particular that like struck you from our conversation Pauli, um, Fabienne I admire you so much and I always have so much takeaways from your texts on LinkedIn and your podcasts, um, I think that flourishing education is just the perfect um, word or the description of what we need in the world. And um, what you said about Western, you know, Western education and unschooled and being unschooled, I think you were raising awareness about what we need to, to do. And so I'm very grateful for your work and for your contact, because this is what really can make the difference in a, in a global scale. That's how I see this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your 
your conversation, this conversation. No, thank you. I, I just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm not always very good at accepting compliments. So that's something I'm working on. So I'm gonna, it's about giving and receiving. So I'm gonna <laughs> receive and I am very <laughs> grateful and I thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's my passion. So I really think that you know, it's, it's really important that we, the adults, de-school and unschool ourselves in a very over-schooled, um, you know, format. Um, and so this is my little contribution um, in a way to, to sort of supporting all of us in on that ongoing journey and process, because I think it's an ongoing journey. Um, and of course, I really want to thank you for coming to talk to me today and sharing your beautiful work. I, I think it's it's phenomenal what you're doing. Um, and, and yeah, I'm excited to see where it takes us. And I really hope that a lot of the listeners, you know, um, the parents and, and the educators who are listening to this podcast feel, you know, inspired and, and, uh, and, and connect with you to explore what may be possible. With us, perhaps we could, you know, find, find yeah. points of convergences, yeah. you know, yeah. between our projects and yeah. perhaps form this community with the listeners and people that, hey, let's do something together. Let's start a, a, a pioneer project for this. Yes. yes. It's yes, like a we. Sure. It goes back to the, the I is important, right? But it also is the me, but the we. And how do we all come together, right? How do we create that one world that we mentioned in that definition, right? Yes, bind us together. This culture that will bind us together as a one world. Beautiful. Thank you so much for Thank your time you. today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also reach me via Twitter at FlourishingHE on LinkedIn or you can join our private Facebook group, Flourishing Education. All the links are easily available on anchor.fm. Thank you so much. And I hope you are flourishing. Bye for now.